We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. War. War never changes. Just kidding. What a fun, weird, upsetting entertaining, incandescent, and bizarre basketball game we watched tonight. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball's Group Therapy. You're joined by me, Kirk Henderson, Editor-in-Chief of Mavs Moneyball. I um, I don't know what to make of that one. On the one hand, they were getting beat by 26 points. On the other hand, Kyrie Irving scored 26 points in the fourth quarter and nearly brought them back. It is something else. I am flabbergasted. Uh, Late game execution was once again terrible. I tend to think that the head coach should attempt a little more coaching. But uh, I don't know. It's a wild concept. We'll see. Let's hang out for a little bit. Get out of Dodge. I, I think if anybody is really concerned about process, concerned about what you're seeing on the on the screen, I think the main thing to really be actually concerned about is uh, the lack of, of defense that the team is playing. I think the offense works itself out in the wash. I really, really do. Um, I also think that what this two-game stretch has shown is just how wildly dependent the Mavericks are on Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, Theo Penson and uh, Jaden Hardy are not able to do it. Um, whichever holiday we're signing, Justin Holiday is not fixing it. Um, this is it's a depth challenge team, but I don't think that's really surprising. Uh, they just need to figure out a way to to slow teams down a little bit, and I think that honestly starts with just just a little bit better defense from from every single player on the team. All right, uh, coming up first, I saw my man Brian come in hot and heavy. What's up, buddy? Hey, Chief. How's it going? It's good. 
Yeah. Um, definitely, I, like you said, the game had everything you could think of. Although I, I missed last week. I, m- I miss uh, Bizarro Mavs. Can we get them back? That was well, really How is this not Bizarro Mavs? This is uh, a completely different version of weird. I guess, but it wasn't like it wasn't really fun until Kyrie went Super Saiyan in the fourth quarter. It was pretty much uh, very old vibesy Mavs that you know because last week was such an anomaly just on how freaking different and goofy the team was in general, and then obviously the, the loss on Saturday, you know, was no fun. But anywho, uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I'm really done with the Jason Kidd experience. Mm. Just I, I'm done, like. I it, it's amazing that somehow like I you know with even with the changes like he's he he manages to get a, like a reaction out of me I just don't understand it like that that can we talk about that challenge he did oh yeah it wasted yeah. time out like geez like Theo clearly clobbered uh McDaniel's like what <sighs> mm. I don't and, I don't know I, 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 I don't know what they're seeing as a coaching staff it, and the the funniest thing is, I think uh, it was Matthew in the Slack referenced how funny it is that uh, Jason Kidd will let a team go down by 26 points, not call a timeout, but yet he will consistently call the timeout for three minutes. Like, <laughs> like uh, what are we doing? Your team was dying a slow death, and he just – Nothing. Now there was two separate TV timeouts, and I'm sure he's just like, "Well, there was TV timeouts." No, that is not the same thing. Your team is dying a slow death. You did not care, man. I so I just got off the, the a pod with Josh, and so I sort of revised my kid. Like my kid gripes are more big picture in terms of of just sort of how he treats wood and. Sort of his, his lack of commitment to to ever taking responsibility in the post game, like those things drive me nuts. But then I look and I'm looking down the line, and as mad as I am as Theo Penson's in the game, I wonder who he's supposed to play, and I don't have a good answer right. for you. Oh no, I absolutely like I know he. I'm not mad at him to a degree on having to kind of sh- shuffle through this lack of depth. That's not his fault. I mean, obviously Maxi on the way will help. Yeah. How, however, there's still these weird moments where it's just like, he has to gradually play Theo and Frank for a minute just to get Josh Green a breather. Cause sure. Oh my God. Yeah. Like that dude was I, that he was gassed. gassed. He played hard tonight. I, I mean, I feel, I feel yeah. bad for him. He, he was just wrecked, like absolutely wrecked. And then like you were saying the the wood minutes I, I don't know if there's enough time in a day to really break down how freaking weird this is. Well, I, I know why. It's it's largely because there's not a Maverick on the team right now that can make a decisive, like, defensive decision. All of them get beat. All of them. Like, McGee played two minutes and was a negative five. Mark. So, <laughs> so Chris in the chat says, give Marquise Morris some minutes for some toughness. So I don't know, just so everybody knows this, Marquise Morris actually gave a pregame quote noting that he is not in basketball shape and he understands that that is why he's not playing right now. Oof. Um, that makes a little bit more sense. Yes. Then. Right. Um, he's not being benched. He's just, he's wor- it's going to take a while. And that means he really got, he really got out of shape in Brooklyn, yeah. which I respect it, it, an honest king. And so I've, I'm a, I'm a psychopath. So I've gone back and watched the kind of last minute, like uh, about 10 or 15 times while you were, I was waiting for you to come in and do your thing. So 
it's so weird because obviously the the, the foul takes place when um, mm-hmm. Minnesota has 27 seconds left, and then you look at the replay. Kid at first he's waving his hands like he's actually hit. Well, first off, I was shocked because his hands are out of his pockets first and foremost. But he was waving, but then he kind of does the double fist thing, and Green kind of looks at them and then immediately fouls. But then nobody on the Mavericks. Like made any well, type of the, reaction. the choice there though, and this is a strategic thing. The choice there, you foul earlier than that. You either don't foul at all, or you foul way earlier than that. Right. That's why it was so confusing because it seemed like nobody on the maps knew what the hell was taking place or what. Sure, wanted. and that just might be a defensive miscommunication. I mean, they didn't have a center. They they were playing some of the funkiest lineups we've ever seen kid throw out there, and as is Matt, you know. I get more frustrated thinking about the big picture of like, this is the team that kid assembled. So I'm pissed at those choices, but then it's like, okay, I see why he made the choices from the, from the heap that he had to choose from. Yeah. And like, and then the accountability thing drives me bonkers. Like I didn't really care for his comment about the Josh green thing. And then did anybody bother to ask him why he didn't call a timeout when that play was just like doomed? I didn't see it. I mean, it was one of those where he just sort of shrugs off the thing, but yeah, I don't know. It's disappointing that that, you know, the, the Kyrie fourth quarter was, it was just wizardry. Uh, His shot had been flat and he just started burying all sorts of great looking baskets. It was fun. Yeah. And the the amazing thing is I kind of forgot he was there. Well, yeah. And, and if uh, I'm going to bring on some more folks and if somebody else yeah. would like to talk about that, I would like to talk about that. For, for, for sure. It just, uh, and one thing I guess on the decision to leave Theo in there as the inbound passer, like, Theo Pinson out of anybody, like anybody could have thrown in that. Well, the play was busted. The play was busted from the moment that Kyrie didn't get it on the inbound. Who's your other timeout? That's the thing that kind of drives me crazy. And then I I think we've had discussions in the Slack before, and I've kind of brought up the the point with kid. The the Mavericks by talent should have enough to beat a team, but if kid is going to get out strategized, this team is cooked in a series. Like I don't want to have to depend on kid to do like basic bare bone stuff at this point, because he's clearly shown, and this is game 52. He's doing really basic things that you shouldn't do. And I understand he's got new teammates or players, blah, blah, blah. But it, it's just like, I, I'm kind of over this experience, but I appreciate your work, buddy. And we'll talk soon. Yep. Appreciate you. Okay, coming up next, then we got my man Brett. Brett, how you doing? Thanks for waiting. What did you say? I missed it. I said hi. Thanks for waiting. Oh, heck. oh, no problem. <laughs> um, yeah. So this this game, I'm I'm you know probably more frustrated than I should be at this. Um, I will say in general, I there was lots of frustration with like how Luca was playing on offense today, and as you said earlier, like the offense is not the problem. No. They can score plenty of points. And, like, yes, I would be better if he took more catch-and-shoot threes. Like, I I think that that's something he should do and that it does slow down, you know, the tempo too much when he pump fakes occasionally on those. But that's such a minute thing, and they still score, like, a billion points per possession with him and Kyrie out there. Like, there's and, – and that will and that's something that obviously that will get better. Um, obviously, they're not going to cut Theo Pinson – 
because like for for unknown reasons like that's not going to happen however Theo Pinson still being on the team at this point is a great example of like why having distance between your coach and your front office or between players and the coach or between the players in the front office etc is important for your team because I, I don't I don't know what movie I'm thinking of. I I think it's Moneyball, but there's a point in Moneyball where, where like the GM just simply trades a player be, to get the manager to stop playing him, mm-hmm. and that is what has to, like, like I completely get that like they are injured and Pinson maybe has to play occasionally. I really don't think he's even better than like Nilkina or whoever, but I get playing him occasionally. If you are going to play him like eight straight minutes to close a, a, a close game. Mm-hmm. Like you have to take that tool out of, out of your coach's hand. Like you, you have to save your coach from himself. If he's going to do that, you, you like it. I mean, that simply, that simply can't happen. Like there is no scenario in which pins and touching the ball. Were, unless, unless literally every other player on the roster had fouled out at that point would have been smart. Like, like it does it, it does not matter. Like Wood, Powell, Nilakina. Mm-hmm. Any anyone else touching the ball in that moment would have been better, and I don't mean this just like to slight Pinson, but he's well. He's emblematic of the fact that the Mavericks have treated a third of the roster as it doesn't matter for Luca's entire tenure. I mean, I, I I just got off off this. You know, when they signed, uh, who is the other? I can't. Why can I not remember his name? The other small guard who played really well in the bubble. You mean, you, you mean not Burke? Yeah, Burke. No, I do mean Burke. Oh, Burke. So when they signed Burke and Willie, those two guys were buyout guys, and then the Mavericks re-signed them to deals, and no one was offering either one of those guys deals. You nope. Multi year deals, deals. For, exactly. In, and so the, and obviously case. that's before Kid and Pinson, or before Kid and and um, Nick Nico Harrison. Yeah. So, but it just it to, you go back several years, and really for the majority of Luca's tenure on the Mavericks, they have have sort of said these roster spots don't necessarily matter. And unfortunately, with the length of the NBA season and the health and the sort of fact that you can't, you know, Luka playing 70 games would be a miracle at this point. You just need bodies that can play basketball. And the Mavericks have, have sort of settled for several years now on not having got, you know, I mean, let's face facts. The Dallas Mavericks two-way players have played significant minutes this year, and that just shouldn't be a thing for a team that was in the Western Conference Finals. You have to treat these back-end roster spots with a little bit of respect. The Mavericks cleared off Shannon Brown uh, and then three other guys to go get Christian Wood, and then they just re-signed Theo, and, and it's just, I, I don't know. It's, I mean, but Kirk, oh. you don't understand, he has development potential. And it's not his fault, but yeah. he didn't really—he I mean, like, didn't really do anything bad. But he also yeah. didn't really do anything good. And I, well, I, I will say I do think. I mean, he obviously like he—the fact that he made a single shot is like is is genuinely like a better game than could, could ever reasonably be expected of him. Sure, like him, him making any any shots. But in my opinion, obviously the end of the game is terrible. Um, I I'm curious what what play was even drawn up in the first place. There, I don't know if there was one. Or if it was just like we're gonna let, you know, Luke and Kyrie figure it out. We're gonna like anything beyond just there's gonna be a screen at the top of the key. Like, I don't, I doubt. Sure. But but I but I uh, think in general I would say that the game was lost between about nine minutes and six minutes left in the second quarter. Um, 
because that was where they had cut it to like they were down 10 and then they cut it to like two and then they were down 10 again three minutes later uh and that was when wood and pinson individually gave up like 15 points and two oh yeah like the wood stuff every time i see him and i'm like man he's just so buttery on offense and then watching him get bulldozed into the basket by anyone it's they just have – that's where it's just like this whole roster relies so much on Maxi Cleaver. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's like – and I get people – people are like, oh, you know, Maxi won't help that much. And that's that's true. Like, he's injured. He's older now. You know, he, he'll, he's missed a lot of time. He'll be rusty. But he, he'll be, like, competent. And every single other player on the Mavericks mm-hmm. is not. And- no. I mean, and it's like I, you know, I would like Wood to play just because I prefer his offense, you know. But he was in twenty three minutes. He was he scored twenty four points. He was also a plus minus of zero, which is pretty remarkable. <laughs> um, I I this team is just so weird. It's so it's so many guys that have such like really bad deficiencies and then it makes kid do stuff that feels a little nuts like playing pinson at center for four minutes today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over two million vehicles and fifty thousand more added every day cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you your budget your life your style and if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Yeah, like, I, I don't I don't disagree with him going small. I mean, I can't fathom honestly why minnesota did responded the way they did by taking gobert out of the game gobert was he was, he was dominating shit out of us he he was dominating he was he was like a plus 20 in the game mm. and then they just benched him because like on one possession he got beat like beat off the dribble like that was not like a that was not a a, a jazz gobert game where like the defense let him down he was playing incredibly well and then they just took him off the court and that was that's that is why i think you know the like like Kyrie played incredibly well at the end but if but if Gobert's in there, like he doesn't get yeah, his shots are goes. his shots are tougher. That's that's yeah. that's the point. I mean, yeah. Are we ready? So so you, Brett, are a are a big Luca guy. Have been for a very long time. So let me let, oh yeah, let I, me ask you this: Why do we think? And granted, they've not. They probably haven't had a single practice. They probably only had walkthroughs, videos, and talked about it. Why do we think there are no Luca Kyrie actions going on? Kyrie's in the corner for much of the game. If you're talking about like Kyrie and his usage in the first three quarters of this game, I, I don't, I like I I can't really even understand that because it's not like they don't run guard guard actions. Yep, like they did with with like him and Dinwiddie, or like and they they do with him and Hardaway or him and Bullock or him and Green, and so I don't. I don't really get that. I think that. Do we think it's a time in a, in a film? Cause it's like, I, I've said this on a, on a, sh- on a couple of shows, Brian Damaris, former Mavericks front office guy, now pseudo media member 
said that, you know, with Kyra on the team, Lucas should never see a double team again. I have seen a lot of Luca double teams in the two, two games together. So my question, and this is not a question like, who do we think it is? Do we think it is Luca with the plays he's calling coming up the floor? Or do we think it's kid and the coaching staff not emphasizing the fact that these two should run a pick and roll together because God might have a problem stopping them at the basket? Yeah, I mean, I don't. It's weird. I, I, it's truly weird. I, I, yeah, yeah, because, because I was going to say, I, I mean, like, like I, I do think that, that some of it in terms of like, like, Luca as the role man or whatever should happen more. And I think some of not wanting to do that is probably on him. Like, obviously when you play, have the uh, like offensive load that Luca does, sure. you don't want to put that, that stress on your body more. Um, and so I, I get that. And so I, I mean, and, and I get like not doing it a lot in the regular season, um, but, but not doing it at all. I mean, I think Kyrie played really passively for the first three quarters. I couldn't really figure, especially when Luca wasn't even in, like he in the, in, the, in the second quarter, he just didn't touch the ball. Yep. Like they just ran stuff with like through Pinson and, Pinson. and Hardy. Like what are we? Like what? Like that was baffling. Like like the, the way he played in the fourth quarter. Any minute, like I completely get that we were all we all got burned out on Dinwiddie ice swing and stuff. But whatever. Like Kyrie has needs to do that. Like every this time. This is not the same though because Kyrie makes the pass when it's there versus yeah. Spencer yes, who would like wait a two seconds too long. And give you, yeah, I mean, he'd give people like, you know, grenades at the end of the shot clock. But, but yeah, I mean, I I think that kid, I I, like, I don't, I mean, part of this is like, I obviously really don't think kid's a good coach. Yes. So, so my instinct is going to be to, to think that he's doing, he's like the one at fault. Um, because it's, there's, there's no, there's no evidence that, that he's done anything that creative on offense at any point ever in his career as a coach. Yep. There's, there's been no, you know, nothing clever. No, right. that's not, that's not a hot take. That's just the thing. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just the kind of coach he is. Um, and, and so I, I mean, I, I think that probably you'll, you'll see more of it once they practice, like, like they haven't, you know, had a chance to work on anything. And Luca, I think is still kind of, I mean, he's, I mean, I will say he's kind of injured, but he's also always injured. Sure. Like his, his, his ankles are just like that. They're just not, they just don't work that well. Yep. But, no, it's it's something. So so it's sort of a. The reason I prompted it to you is because you are a big Luca fan, and I think that by asking you that that particular question, as a Luca fan, it forces you to sort of think about like, is Luca at fault? I don't necessarily think it's a fault thing at this point, but it is something that I do think that sort of the extreme Luca partisans that I talk to fairly regularly, and maybe I am one of these people now and again, have to sort of ask the question because it. it you know, when this comes up in press conferences, it's going to be the, I hope somebody actually asks these sorts of questions because Luke, I'm sorry, LeBron and Kyrie would settle down and get a bucket whenever they needed one using some actions together because they're unbelievable basketball players. Yeah. I mean, this is, I, I, I think you, you talk about asking those questions. I think that's, that is important because like, like I think, it's easy to, as as me, someone you know who's obviously a massive fan of Luca before I'm a fan of the Mavericks or whatever, right? Or or, or anyone. I mean, even if you're, I mean, if you're a fan of the Mavericks at this point, you are a big you know sure, fan of Luca himself. Right, it just kind of comes to the territory. And, and, <laughs> and so it's and so it's obviously like you know your it's, your instinct is to be defensive of him and his play style. Um, That's why and, I asked it. That's exactly why. Yeah, I asked and, it. And, and and so, but 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 I do think that 
I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think that there's just been so little. We don't have enough tape yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and 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 I don't know. I just feel like th- they don't run good offense just so much of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah yeah. I just I don't I don't really have anything like good, sure. good to say about. No, it's weird, and that's why I asked because it's a thing that's sort of like it's just puzzling because they have to find, and I think they will find a way to make it work because they've talented through two games and done pretty damn well. It's it's largely a question of can they figure out some of these little hiccups and can they execute a little better on the offensive end and then maybe clean up the defense. And, and I would say the biggest thing about Luca and and his play on offense is that Luca is so much of a rhythm player that. Him ha- having the ball a lot helps him play better, mm-hmm. and and but but that's something that that as his career goes on, he has to get better at get better at being in rhythm without dribbling yep. the air out of the ball, um, and and that's something that I think that while obviously some of that's on him, um, but but there's never been any indication from any report that says like he is like un uncoachable or like doesn't want no. to coach and he did a really you know to lucas credit i think he did a really good job when he went back in in the fourth quarter in letting and continuing to facilitate through Kyrie. there were a couple of instances where he faked some cuts he passed the ball to Kyrie and got out of the way and and that you know for a guy like luca you know you don't want to give him a head pat but i, I thought it was good to see yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I was gonna say I, I was glad because I think in in the previous game he came back in and Kyrie was cooking, and he kind of just like just went back to the, the way he had to he had to play for yep. many years prior to That's then, right. where, where where he has to assume that offensive burden rather than deferring. But I think in this game, yeah, he did a good job of, of deferring um, too much, you know, on the last play. But um, but but yeah, I mean, but I but I think that that so far, I mean, in, until there's any report of him being like unwilling to be coached or unwilling to, you know, try things out. Um, yeah. But, but, but I think that, but, but I think that's, I mean, a, a lot of that is just like, it, it, to me, it just raises the question is, is kid or is someone in the room? Not. I mean, and, and I think we'll, we need more tape. I think that's the the solution. I, I have theories, but we just need more time. So, well, thank you for hanging out, Brett. This is a great, great, great conversation. Mm-hmm. Woo, coming up next steven thank you for waiting welcome to the show what's going on give steven a second to find the mute button hanging out here i just got uh got an email hey, hey kurt hi steven how you doing what's going on pretty good um so who is the alpha of this team because right now it's looking like Kyrie. everyone is Run, every, everyone's running so much harder when he is kind of controlling everything. So this is an interesting question. And I, I, with how they've played, I've always sort of hoped what they would do. I've mentioned this on other shows is play like the Brooklyn Nets did before James Harden got hurt, which was Harden was a point guard and ran an offense for three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, they used Harden as a battering ram like he used to play with the Rockets. I hope the Mavericks would do that. I don't know if they will, but that's just my hope. I think that they're going to have to find a blend of playing faster earlier because. So can Luca do that though? Because he got burnt out 
that second game versus his first game back, which he couldn't make the whole game because he was they were running too much. Which you know what my my thought there. He'll get tough. in shape though, right? That's <laughs> where I come in. Is I'm just like I'm sorry, tough. If he's not built for 48 minutes, that's you know it took it to, becoming an NBA player and being in NBA shape is the thing that Luca has yet to crack. We don't talk about it as much anymore because he looks better than he did last season. But he gave well, he, did, game, he but, looks like I mean, shit he went out for like two weeks. He went out for two weeks and he's yeah, like, you're fat. not the first what person happened? to acknowledge that it's, it's like, I try not to bring it up because I feel like it's fat shaming when I'm at, I just don't even know how I mean, it's I, possible. Like, I mean, you play, you're a professional basketball player. At I do whatever. I, 23, 24. I think he shows it worse than actual weight. Yeah, he does. He does. I mean, he's a bigger dude. Like he's just, he's stockier. For yeah. Sure. And, and he, he kind of gives me like Carmelo Anthony vibes. Cause Melo always looked like this to me where I'd be like, why does Melo have a food baby? Like what's going on? It just didn't matter. <laughs> see, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's one of these things that vexes me because I know for some people it like really upsets them. Um, because it's just, it's like, if, if he's in great shape, then it changes things. And, you know, I keep, he's 23. I think it's just like his focus. Like, is he focused? Where, where is he putting his attention? Is it winning or is it like, you know, how, and I think that's something that Kyrie will be so good for because Luca plays very emotionally. Yes. And Kyrie is very focused. Like he doesn't let things bother him, calls or anything. He's he's constantly like going hard on defense. And I'm hoping Luca will kind of, you know, if 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 they let Kyrie take a bigger role than just telling him he's second to Luca, like I think that's one thing that Maxi does is Maxi riles up the other guys to try really hard because he he plays so hard all game. And I mean that's the reason why he's hurt is because he's. Right, he, he like so disregards his body. <laughs> but if 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 Luca can, you know, I think hopefully Kyrie will help him learn how to play off ball and move around because right now he's just kind of standing there. If he can move, and I mean he'll he'll be tired and he'll get in shape if he does that. But also, I think it'll help our offense just run better if we're not so. Like everything kind of just really slows down when he gets the ball. And when Kyrie's, when Kyrie's handling it, everything is much more dynamic. Well, it's, so this is like some technical basketball bullshit, but the real problem we're running into guys is that we don't really like the aesthetic style of how Luca's been playing compared to what we saw for two games of Kyrie running the offense. But here's the real bear of it. In half court offense, what Luca does is the most efficient, basketball in 20 years of half half court i'm not kidding they score at such an absurd rate at the half court level with what luca does on these just post-ups and pick and rolls that and the mavericks know this luca knows this so going away from it is difficult because you look at the numbers but is it a winning formula? That is the see, I mean, and it that hasn't been is the question because he got them to the Western Conference Finals and then they got blitzed. And I think the ultimate- yeah, but they overperform. I mean, it was pretty crazy because the Jazz and the Suns had had our number for, I mean, like oh, so it was all shooting variants, and and that's not to take away anything from anybody. It's just sort of the nature of the game. And I think the answer to my answer to your question is it's not sustainable. However, there is a place. for for it in the offense it is just not like the fourth quarter like it, the it just shouldn't be the offense is all because yeah. it's like, like god i love that clippers game like that clippers game is something i'll be thinking about for a long time it was fun 
Yeah. I want a Kyrie jersey. I, he, he's always been – I've loved watching him, but I didn't realize how good he was at facilitating. I always knew he was like this amazing ball handler scorer, but, I mean, he's really getting everyone involved. And I mean, he is, he uh, is as pure of a savant of a basketball player as we've kind of had in the league. I think bas- like basketball comes so easy to him, there's probably a question as to whether it bores him. Well, and he just, he completely bought into Kobe's, like, just, like, that all-in attitude where all you want to do is, like, perfect your craft. And I wish, I wish, like, I wish Luca had, I wish it could rub off on Luca that just desire to be the best version of yourself and not just settle for well, not not being just content with being, we're getting like, I mean, Luca's gotten better every season, but I just don't, when I see, when I look at Kyrie, I mean, he's just like, well, Kyrie was an, Ky, on a Kyrie mission. Kyrie has been a knucklehead for five years. That can't be, it's just, that, that can't be understated. Like the, but yeah. when he's focused, it is so clear how good he is. And where that compares to the Luca stuff is we've seen games the last two, three years stretches where even though Luca will put up outstanding numbers is his, but it's all emotional. It's all emotionally driven. He gets picked, Mm -hmm. he gets pissed off and then he takes it out on the other team. But the flip side of that, I mean, it's kind of like poker. You don't want to play like, yeah, you can win crazy hands when you play really emotionally, but you want to have this smooth, uh, you know, a a very, like a, you want, you want to stay within how you play. You don't want to, um, no, I understand. You don't want to get too high, get too low. The season's too long. The season's yeah. way too long yeah. to ride purely on emotion. I mean, like Mike, we've read all the everybody that's read basketball stuff knows that like Jordan was so difficult to play with just because he he ground the axe every game for eighty two games, and it's just most people aren't built that way. Yeah, I I loved watching Kyrie really take like he was really just shoving it right down like rivers and. Uh, like whoever they He's put, had a whatever. Really good defensive year. He really has. Like that was one of those things where if it's two, it's several years now. But when he was, when the he he basically called out wanting to guard Giannis in one of the series several years ago, and obviously it's not really a fair matchup because Giannis is enormous. But it's like some games, there have been times in the past where I've watched him play where it's like the defense is so flighty, and he's really trying hard right now. I like it. it's crazy I mean he's always the right spot the right time he's always like swiping like and he's 6'2 and I don't know I'm really enjoying it all that other people speak I appreciate you coming up and you know the chat the chat is getting a little riled up with me and I do think you guys are correct in that there is like a recency bias going on here I think what Luca does in the regular season is very 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 effective I also think it's a product of who he's playing with but we have also complained for the better part of two years about how we want more like we saw what they did last year when they had multiple ball handlers and skilled guys. So it's like, when you see another skilled guy with Luca, you want them to figure out how to maximize things. And I really do think they'll get their own offense. I'm just not worried about the offense. I'm really not. I'm a little frustrated so far because they haven't really done anything interesting. So what that then raises the question of what do they do if they do something interesting? Um, Mr. Pry, what's going on? Long time. No talk. Long time, no talk, Kirk. What's going on, man? Just uh, doing a little editing of Mavs Moneyball while I'm talking to you guys. 
Word up, word up. I appreciate your hard work. You know, we 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 appreciate the things you do. Um, I'm just gonna dive right Please. into it, and I've I've got my I've got my two things. Uh, the lesser of the two controversial things is kid is painfully, painfully the exact opposite of Rick Carlisle um, in the idea that. We let go of Rick Carlisle because he was too much of a hard ass. He wasn't good with young people um, and, and wasn't able to coach a young team and deal with all of the issues that comes with that. Um, and kid coddles. He, he coddles, he coddles, he coddles, and it is painful to watch to the point where, like, I want him to flip a chair. I want him to scream at a ref. I want him to just get in somebody's face and tell them, hey, you're not giving effort. It's not even a matter of like – it's different, you know, say last year. I I felt like the team last year gave really good effort. We just didn't have the talent. But they're – in the past couple of games, and I'm not going to name names from the players on the team, but – there have been times where I'm watching guys who are fighting for minutes jogging on defense. There are, I mean, all season, honestly, all most of Luca's career, Luca has been screaming at refs instead of getting back on defense. That's his own totally different thing. And I get with the superstars, it's, it's a whole different stratosphere of how you coach somebody. But at some point, kid has to snap and tell guys and to be a coach and to – give them direction and to tell them you're not running hard. You need to run hard or you're going to get benched. See, I'm not sure. Like, like he, Mirren Fader of the ringer wrote a book on, on Giannis's rise and kid plays a prominent role in that book. If you were to read that book and I understand it was several years ago, but I also don't know how much people really change in terms of their like management philosophies. Kid managed that team through mm-hmm. psychological warfare. And I'm not exaggerating. Like some really, really uncomfortable in the modern NBA era, like he got away with this stuff type things. Yeah, Nathan in the chat says like he made kid made Larry Sanders quit basketball. And and so I think he softened a little bit to that degree. <laughs> but he treats his superstars like superstars and then tends to you know, come what may with the rest, which is what Christian Wood is finding out, unfortunately. And so I, I just, I would really like yeah, to see yeah, him coach exactly. harder. I just don't know. I just don't think it's who he is. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's that idea that they're truly like, he doesn't have a, he doesn't believe in a middle ground. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're a superstar, you do whatever you do. I'm not going to, you have the talent to so go out there and be talented. That that's bullshit. I'm sorry, Lucas. Twenty three. He has plenty of room to learn things. Sure. Um, the second thing on my uh, take list, a little bit more controversial. Kyrie is the best player on this team. Oh, that's a terrible take, but I love it. Go with it. Ah, uh, I know, I know, I know. Hear me out, though. I understand from an offensive efficiency standpoint. Yes, Luka Doncic is the. He is the king, honestly, of all the NBA from an offensive efficiency standpoint. There is still so much that he could learn from an effort standpoint, a defensive standpoint, a 
earlier, I, I don't know who was talking about it, but talking about um, him progressing as a player, it, it's a, you know, let's say he gets better at the mid-range. He goes from being great at the mid-range to being elite at the mid-range, but he is already working on something that he's great at. There are very blatantly obvious issues with his game that he just doesn't touch because he's so good on the offensive end. He's so good as far as orchestrating an offense that it really doesn't matter. And we've seen him give effort on defense. We've seen him try and he's good, but he just, I I, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't, you know, I'm not his psychologist. I'm not his therapist, but there's just, I mean, honestly, I think it's a long season. It's a mental load thing. Dog quit barking. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> like there's it's like windy outside and an old knucklehead is just sitting there like he doesn't even get up he just like barks while laying down just gotta love old dogs um i i there's it's a really it's a it's the length of the nba season is when it's like now is when it becomes like really apparent um where it's just these guys look some of them look haggard and so it's a but but i i do mm-hmm. i do agree with you on the things that there's a lot that that Luca could do to improve and I think that when people sort of write off oh he he can't get better blah 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 it's because they don't think he can get better in these areas where it just takes a like marginal improvement for him to take because he's you know it's like the defensive stuff when he there are games where he locks in and he's great it's just we've seen it yeah yeah no 110 percent it just it's frustrating because we have seen it. You know, we, we've we've gotten a little bit of a, a we've gotten a taste of it before, and I understand that it's been a long season, and we just recently got Kyrie. I feel like you know, if we had Kyrie at the beginning of the season, and Luca wasn't constantly having to score thirty five plus points a game in order for us to win by two points, right. you know, it might be a different discussion. But God, it, it is so frustrating. And it isn't just this season. It was last season and the season before. And honestly, everything since his second season, when he doesn't get a call and he starts screaming at a ref and the other team goes into transition. And I'm just like, dog, you can, you can yell at a ref and run at the same time. (laughs) You know, I posted a a clip of Luca not seeing Kyrie score his first basket of the game because he's barking at a ref. don't tell me that (laughs) no it's it's not it's like it's too much it's too much and and that's where that's where it's like i go back to one and goron at the beginning of the year where it's like there just needs to be somebody to rein him in it's not that he's wrong yeah just put him in his place it's just it's like like i tell my six-year-old this my six-year-old i love him to pieces but he has my temper and he is he, he gets really mad at his coaches when, like, they take him out of games or, like, try to instruct him. And I'm like, I had to tell him because, you know, he's six. But I'd be like, hey, man, when you get mad, you need to channel that into something productive because when you're yelling at someone in authority, all they're going to do is not listen to you. Now, I don't think he understands a word I'm saying, but I'm trying – it's like that's the concept that I think that that someone needs to really look to press towards Luca. Because it, it, it's like if he just if he channels that frustration, right. we've seen him do it. You know, Devin Booker pissed him off in the in the. Just like, yeah, like what things. if you just did that in a normal game? <laughs> right. 
Yeah, it's just, it's the same idea of, I, I remember as a kid watching Tim Duncan as a Mavs fan, and he would just piss me off because he would constantly complain. But the difference between Luca and Tim was Tim would complain, but also run back and get back on defense. And he would complain and go get a block and then yell at the ref and be like, see, right. ball don't lie, blah, 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 blah. Yep. I just I just need that little bit extra. I understand. I just, yeah. So I'll, I'll get off my high horse. I just, uh, it, it's been eating me up the, the past two games, just frustration on the effort end. And it's not just Luca. I mean, it's the whole team, but it's so easy to take it out on the star player. Cause it's like, you're supposed to set the, uh, set the tone. So. Well, thank you for joining us. All right. Let's for sure. see what we got next. Everybody, everybody getting testy in the comments, Adam, how are we doing, buddy? Hey Kirk, how's it going? It's uh it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Could yeah. be better, could be worse. I'm sure you're a little tired uh, as am I, so uh bear with oh, me. This is, this so, is, we don't have we don't have these eight, nine o'clock start times. This is early. Go ahead though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so we got we have a limited sample size of two games with Luca and Kyrie, right? But from Jason Kidd's track record. He's a pretty conventional coach. Like he needs to know that something can work for him to really invest in it. And I think what you said earlier was pretty insightful. I I think he's really looking at kind of the Cleveland connection with Kyrie and LeBron and putting Luca in that LeBron perspective, uh, that, that, you know, LeBron role. It's like these two, these two games, if you can kind of draw any kind of trend, you see that Luca has a kind of higher usage he's he's dominating the ball a little bit more in the first quarter you know Kyrie's kind of feeling it out um you definitely see obviously the third quarter you know you know Luca is dominating the ball and Kyrie's kind of taking over in the fourth some of that may be just the stamina you know Luca obviously is going to be you know have the most energy at the beginning of the game and coming out of halftime and maybe that kind of wears down uh you know towards the end of the game but they got to find a better diversification of of offense just to kind of keep defenses on their heels a little bit. Tonight was interesting, and, and also can you kind of can kind of tell, like you know, if they see somebody getting on a roll, they'll continue to go go to them and feed them, which is is positive, you know, in most respects. Tonight was interesting because you know Wood was obviously hot in the second quarter, right? Yep. He he had eighteen of his twenty four points, you know, six for eight from the field in that Great. quarter. <laughs> And, and like, you know, but like, there's, I don't know if there's a way to maybe, you know, you talk about kind of two, you know, you know, guard, guard, pick and roll, maybe like a Spain pick and roll where Luca is the ball handler, Wood is the ball screener, Kyrie is the, you know, screening on Wood's man and popping out for three, you know, and kind of maybe kind of keeping those defenses on their heels a little bit. Um, and also, I mean, these, these two games, there's obviously a limited sample size. We'll see what happens, you know. At these end of the game crucial kind of you know crunch time situations, you see a lot of deference between Kyrie and Luca. I mean, tonight they didn't they didn't even get a shot off. Yep. You know, it's uh, and I mean that can be positive. You know, there's definitely respect there between Luca and Kyrie, but there's definitely going to have to be something ironed out there where you know, like this is what we're this is our our goal. You know, this is our our modus operandi you know, in these closing moments, you know, there's, uh, that's kind of been interesting kind of to, to see, but kind of be interested in kind of 
what your thoughts are on on that and you know if if there's any hope that you know kid maybe adjust this you know adjust it a little bit yeah i mean kid talked a little bit in his post game about how it's just going to take time for these things like possessions and situations for these two to work things out in these pressure situations two games two pressure situations two losses where things didn't go their way I think if you're an optimist and you're saying, okay, you know, Kyrie's shot was like flat. If he hits a couple more threes earlier, is that game different? Maybe you never know. So there's, there's enough positive, I think to, to take away. I'm, I, I, I get very, I'm very frustrated with kid on certain elements, but I also, I, I've talked about this during the show a little bit. I, I sort of think his hands are tied with the, with the roster. So if he feels his best way forward is to let Luca and Kyrie figure this out, that's, not the worst plan. I just need what I would like to more. How do we become, you know, what my friend Matt Moore of the action network, he used to refer to, to um, LeBron James and Dwayne Wade as the flying death machine. You're not going to get that level of thing from these two, but like with the skill level and just the beauty of the game and their, the fact that they're both so cerebral, I think you could really get a lot. It just, it, I think it takes reps and I think it takes some willingness to try something different on on both guys' behalf. Yeah, now, I'll you know I'm you know all due respect. I want to push back on maybe a, a previous kind of sure uh, comment talking about you know Kyrie might be kind of the best player on this team. This is a very you know you saw it last year, right? Kyrie when he only had to play one game a week, you know he was great, right? He'd come sure. in score thirty five. But he's you got to he's he's six two he's you know maybe I'm worried one, about his minutes right now he's played a lot of minutes yeah. in four you games can't, you can't tax his body like yeah. that like he's not that type of guy you know like and and so you gotta you know so yeah he he can be amazing in these spurts but you know you're gonna have to find a way to get some other guard contributions to kind of spell kind of Luca and Kyrie and not not have them play forty minutes a game because that's not sustainable. Um, for at least not in the regular season. Like if you're going playoffs yeah. and you kind of know there's an end game, but there's still 25, you know, 23 games left. So, yeah. Last thing, you know, what are your thoughts on on Lamarcus Aldridge? Obviously, that's that's a terrible omen, but it kind of you know tonight's defense and the kind of interior kind of shows why they want that. But I mean, Lamarcus Aldridge, he's he's a worse version of mm-hmm. of Christian Wood. I mean, you, you mean let's like what's the, you know, unless he's, you know, re, you know, went to Germany and got like the, you know, the, you know, German blood transfusion thing. And he's he kind of, he could give this team points. They don't need points. They don't need points. So, yeah. They, you need yeah. inside kind of your presence that can deter kind of just that. And I, I do think, you know, Christian Wood, like he's, I think he can be a better ball screener. You know, I saw some of the comments. He can be a better ball screener. He's he's good on the on the pick and roll. You know, I they just have to find a way to maybe just that's where not practicing is a bitch in the season because it's like you need that because yeah. that that that's not always like the offensive fouls that he commits. I tend to think are mostly his fault, but that's also like a ball handler screener you know, chemistry thing where you learn where the ball handler wants screens and how to hold it just long enough. Like that stuff takes time. That's why Dwight Powell's so good at it with this team because he knows what these guys want. 
Absolutely. I mean, I mean, that's the reason why Draymond is so great. I mean, they just have a telepathic power of knowing kind of when to go, when to stay, you know, I mean, Wiseman can't pick that up in, in half in, you know, in the 20 games he's played. I mean, yep. it's a big reason why he's not there, but I'll, I'll kind of leave it there, but thanks a lot. Sure. Thanks for coming up. I think we got uh, one more guy, my guy, Micah. Micah, what's going on, buddy? We're all feisty in the chat these days because it's losing sucks. But uh, I don't know. I mean, a couple different shots these these games. I think everybody feels a heck of a lot better. Um, so maybe they're, you know, the three seed. NBA is strange like that. Micah, are you able to hit that, that unmute button? All right. Maybe Micah dropped off. All right, guys. 12.15. I'm going to go to bed. We, uh, Nathan, that's a good question. He asked in the chat, how many buyout guys can the Mavericks get? So they have one open roster spot once Chris Silva's 10 day is complete and they could move on from him right now. It's largely a question of how much money the Mavericks want to eat. Um, they got off the contract. They, they basically, I don't remember the, the technical terminology for it, but, um, they got off. Who's the, was the, the young kid who retired? Who was the 2022, 2020, uh, second round pick um Tyrell Terry thank you Nathan when the Mavericks basically cleared his contract off the books the NBA granted them an exception which because the Mavericks were in the luxury tax saved Cuban quite a bit of money um I doubt that is the the sort of thing that we're all thinking about but it's like there's a multiplier effect of these contracts I'm curious how much money Cuban would uh kind of willingly oh excuse me I'm uh, I'm hacking here um, so yeah, they could theoretically cut a couple more guys and then get them, but I doubt they're going to do that because they have to pay for the salary. Scott notes that they're in the $3.75 per dollar tax range right now. So it's pretty expensive for them to do. All right. I'm dying. I'm hacking. So I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> Thanks so much for, uh, for hanging out. And we'll be back after the Nuggets game. Woo! It's a rough game to head into the All-Star All Star break with. Everybody be good. Head to Matters Moneyball. We got a number of articles up. Uh, and, and Katie, you're fantastic. Never apologize for losing your mind in the chat. That's what this is for. We're supposed to argue and bicker. We don't get any say anyhow. All right. Go Mavs. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.